What's up, brother? Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you on this Tuesday? Doing great, man. Beautiful day. Yes, it is. And it's a day that is fitting for both of us because it starts out a little bit cooler in the morning, which you're yep. a big fan of. And I completely understand that. By the way, both my kids, much bigger fans of cold mornings than the moderate mornings and hot days. But right now is perfect. I mean, this weather right here is why people deal with all the bullshit that they do in Southern California so that they can have like 300 plus days like this throughout the year. Can you imagine Paul Christ, who was at Wisconsin, played there, I believe, OC, then head coach. Like today is why he's thinking, you know, this is why I'm getting paid 120 a year, whatever he's getting paid and hanging out downtown and, you know, just enjoying what December is like in Texas. Yeah, that and the fact that Wisconsin is probably still paying him millions of dollars per year, too. Right. I mean, if if you are making millions, then uh, some of the added cost of uh, living in in Austin proper, not around Austin, living in Austin become pretty negligible because you can afford it at that point. Yeah, no, I mean, he's got plenty of money. Kids are probably out. Him and his wife probably are eating in Austin. And I mean, they were in Madison for a long time, which is a pretty cool city, but Austin is Madison, you know, 50 years fast forward. And so he's probably enjoying it. And, you know, it's why Gary Patterson was here. Um, it's also why UT's been so good. I mean, I saw a rewatch a game a couple times and seeing guys like him on the sideline. Like, I mean, they, they are, we have finally coaching wise caught up with where we should be. You know, we finally have, you know, a boardroom, which makes sense for the payroll we have. Yeah. I think that that was uh, something that Texas should should have been using to its advantage for a long time, but it also took a, a forward thinker like Nick Saban who understand who understands the loopholes yep. you can use to your advantage in exploiting the system. It took him doing that first before a lot of people uh, or a lot of other programs around college football realize that that's not something that they should deny themselves of too, but it may also take the right guy to uh, to make that happen, like Steve Sarkeesian has the demeanor to bring guys in who have been held head coaches elsewhere and not feel threatened. Whereas I know Tom Version did a version of this; he would bring other people in too, but it wasn't wasn't a somebody along the lines of a Paul Christ. It was like it, people from who had been responsible for lesser programs and hadn't really had successes at those programs. But hey, they were former college coaches, so theoretically they should be able to help you out. Yeah, Mac brought in Dick Tomey, who really helped out, um, but not a threat. And both those guys probably saw stuff, and most coaches do, as a threat. And, D- and Dick Tomey people do, by the way, in any job. Like, I'm not going to bring you on, like, help me out here. Oh, shit, he may take my job, you know. And Dick Tomey was a position coach, too. We're talking about, like, offensive and defensive. No, Dick, no Dick Tomey wasn't even that. He was he was just an assistant head coach, remember? For some reason, I thought he was – I thought he had was a that, role in defense. Did they bring in Larry McDuff? No, um, I'm thinking of Dick Tomey. Back when the media and fans were allowed to congregate for the uh, first handful of practices 
on that field near I-35. I specifically remember Dick Tomey walking around without shoes, but like doing his version of whatever drill they were asking the defensive backs to. And so I equated that in the moment to him coaching the backs, but obviously he didn't. That was Dwayne Aquina doing that. Aquina, yeah. Aquina would have been there then. Uh, but yeah, no, Tomey was so – yeah, I mean, it, that is the um, – lack of ego but more self-confidence that no i'm running this and to make this the best that it can be um we're gonna hire people and i'm not gonna feel threatened and like yeah paul chris coming in like paul chris on the sideline is huge Mm -hmm. um to shard choice once again i love running backs i've always said they're like the you know always said recently i said but i've always felt like they're the uncle you know and the way he coaches his players, the way Bo Davis does, and you could say the whole turnaround could have been Bo Davis on the bus after Iowa State in terms of culture. Like, he's put together a really good staff, and I think there's ways to improve on it and get it better. I think there are a lot of free agents available, Corey Raymond, who are guys who I would go after. You just lose your linebacker coach to Nevada. And congratulations to Choke on that. But like, let's let's upgrade. Let's go get Antonio Pierce or someone like that. Yeah, I mean, if Antonio Pierce is willing to uh, step back or take a step back into college, he's the head coach of the Raiders, interim head coach. And if you pay him enough, he may take this job because he's still growing as a coach, and he knows that. Was he the DC there too, or did they elevate him from position coach to interim head coach? I don't think he was a DC. He was a DC for Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Um, but yeah, they, then he went there. And but yeah, I mean that's one of those where I, I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's Corey Raymond. I think it's Raymond. But go go upgrade. And 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 make this even better because you're going to the SEC. And I know that's crazy at 12 and one, um, but you know, th- there's something really special here and could be special. But you can't rest on your laurels in uh, in year three. So Antonio Pierce started out as a linebackers coach and recruiting coordinator for Arizona State, eventually moves into a co-DC role as well yeah. as coaching the linebackers. And with the Raiders, he was the linebackers coach and got bumped up to interim head coach. So I, that's a great idea. And looking for replacements, you know, Kwiatkowski, based on – how he insisted that Washington handle the Jimmy Lake situation when Jimmy Lake was potentially going to bolt for another gig. And he said, look, I don't care that I've been the DC here for a long time. Give him the code DC job. And if it takes giving him play calling duties to keep him around, then I'll keep him around. That's the type of uh, teammate figuratively speaking that Kwiatkowski is. So I I think that would make a lot of sense if that's the route that they would want to go. And of course you can money whip the guy too, if need be. Right. Money whip him. And Pierce is uh, co-DC Raymond's assistant head coach or vice versa, which bumps up the deal and give him about a million a year. They'll come here. They can build for two or three years a resume and be like, look how many all Americans and first round picks I have. And then, 
go do go do what you want to do. And probably more Pierce than Raymond. I think Pierce wants to be a head coach. And he is fast tracking there. Raymond maybe at a spot. He's been around long enough. He's like DC at the most, but I want to be a secondary coach and get paid a ton. We can do that. Um, I mean, there are ways to still elevate this program because as we have the Washington matchup, as you and I have talked about over and over again, I mean, the big kryptonite with this team and the obvious thing, I rewatched the game. Man, I've rewatched this game four times now. Uh, bathing in it. Uh, like if I would have been with, you know, Alba back in the day and I had a porn of it. Not me. I don't want to see me, but like just like a, a eye porn, like a GoPro. Um, and we, you know, first possession should have been a PI. Gundy was right about that. If Charlie Strong would have done that, he'd be in prison right now, um, in terms of how he reacted. But that was a PI. They got another one later. There was 21 7 a uh, Terrence Brooks got beat and a touchdown. Michael Penix hits that, and that's a touchdown. Um, so our biggest kryptonite is is the secondary, and I'm kind of worried about Washington, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and they're going to score, man. They are, and I think that they're going to have more success running the football too because they've done a great job throughout the year of passing to set up the run, and Dylan Johnson is a really good running back. He's very he's good. the saving grace for them in the second half of the season a sort of unsung hero outside of Washington circles. Washington people realize just how good he's been really starting in that Oregon game is where he got it going, but he's a big reason why they were able to make it through the regular season undefeated. But you're right. It begins with that passing attack and Michael Penix is extremely accurate all over the field. And that includes those intermediate and deep routes that have caused uh, Texas secondary guys problems at times. And if the front line can't get consistent pressure on Michael Penix early and they allow him to sit back and have time to find that open receiver. It's going to be a problem. And you're right. Washington is going to score some points regardless. They're just that good as an offense. Perhaps the saving grace here is I feel really good about Texas chances. If they get in a shootout with Washington, taking into account defenses, occasionally making plays, whether it's forcing turnovers to flip the field or a sack on a quarterback that forces a punt. I have more faith in Texas defense being able to do those things than I do Washington's defense. Washington's 93rd overall in total defense. And total defense is different than scoring defense or red zone or against the run. or So it's all matchup, but I totally agree. Um, Texas is a more complete team. Texas should win this. Bama probably should win. It's probably a rematch, I hope. Um, but Texas Washington is going to be tight because it'll come down to turnovers and random things. I do feel good. I feel like liberated that we're done with the Big 12 officiating. Like, I feel like we may get a fair shake in this game. I mean, I feel like the last 28 games I've watched UT in 28 in conference, I'm just waiting for. An obvious hold that's not called, a random hold that's called on us. Like, I'm just waiting for, you know, the face mask on the um, uh, second quarter late when Ethan Burke, before Ethan Burke recovered the fumble, 
Like I've gone back and looked at that. There was no face mask anywhere. Man. Hmm. Like they just made that call poof out of nothing. They never gave a number, which they always give. They just said face mask. Um, in, uh, Blackwell made the tackle and he made it right here. So I'm looking at rewinding it, looking at every other player for any hands in the face. Nothing, nothing, poof. So luckily we don't have that. So it's a fair game and fair game. I think Texas wins this in a shootout, but they could lose. Yeah. Both these matchups are really close. And that was part of the point, according to the college football playoff committee is finding the most compelling matchups. Yeah. So I'm curious to get your take. So, I mean, I'm watching all that. I haven't had like that, you know, I don't record stuff in, on selfies on FaceTime because I'm an adult. Um, but, you know, just watching it by myself here. And when they showed Texas number three, I mean, I let out a roar, man. I, I was so happy and, and giddy and surprised, kind of not. I kind of knew from talking to people that the that night, the night before, it had turned into a Bama FSU conversation. Yeah, I knew Texas would end up at number three. I know you did. I, I don't know what You're it was. You're part of my connections, so. I just knew after Alabama beat Georgia, I'm like, this is going to turn into an Alabama-Florida State debate, and Texas is 100% in because of how they played, the fact that they had the Trump card over Alabama. Yeah. And even though the playoff committee or the ranking committee, as they were during the year, you know, they have their shenanigans and they like to play their little games to create conversations. They consistently kept Texas ranked better than Alabama through it all. So I knew that that would remain the case, even with Alabama beating Georgia. Yep. Because of their insistence on valuing head-to-head matchups. And Texas, other than that OU game, didn't have any other real slip-ups that resulted in losses. And ultimately, I think it really sucks for Florida State. I get their rationale. I, I, I... I think that you could make the argument that you don't actually have the four best teams playing against one another because you seriously leaving Georgia out if that's the criteria. Right. Value the conference championship games to a certain degree now too. Florida State went undefeated in a Power 5 conference. And all It was so down and it was so bad. Trust me. So Notre Dame, Notre Dame broke FSU's record fsu the best program by far at that point they're all time or tied their all-time record for conference wins and they're not even in the conference and their name's been good but not great the last so i'm giving you this year but the last couple of years too fair yeah look the big 12 was that's that- a Notre Dame guy like that's a joke it does Notre Dame the last couple of years compared to florida state in that time ACC is down, no doubt about that. Big 12's down. Hell, the SEC was down this year. It's been a weird year in college football. The reality is, is they scheduled a tough non-conference opponent that they beat. And yeah, LSU wasn't a world beater this year, but you, you don't know that when you're scheduling this game five-plus years out. Fair. They went undefeated, and with their third-string quarterback looking much more like a pedophile than 
a guy who was capable of starting at the FBS level. They beat the second best team in their conference by 10 points in that conference championship game. Yeah. They end up getting let out, uh, left out. Yeah. I know that the biggest thing that the committee pointed to was Jordan Travis being hurt and that making Florida State not as good. I think that does a huge disservice to one of the best defenses in the country. Agreed. Statistically and eyeball test wise. Yeah. And a really good group of skill guys, including a future first rounder at wide receiver, yeah. another guy who's likely going to be playing in the league. Good running backs. Yeah. And by the way, they're going to be getting their backup quarterback back for the bowl game. Yeah. Of the year. Their backup was only out likely for that week, maybe one more week because of a concussion that he suffered against Florida. So yeah. it sucks. Like I, I understand and I agree. You you have you have two better matchups than you would have had if it was Florida State and Michigan, which apparently Vegas would have had that as a uh, a double digit line. But it still really sucks for Florida State that they went undefeated like that and their consolation prizes facing Georgia in the New Year's Six Bowl. Everything you said I agree with 100%. Um and it does suck. And it it was, and they do have six six Johnny Arizona State kid on the outside with Keon Coleman, Trey Benson behind. Trey Benson is going to be a great NFL running back. He's a fucking beast, man. Um, I mean, he reminds me of God. Who's the Florida running back who I loved who ended up going to Jacksonville? Fred Taylor. Yeah, he's Fred Taylor, bro. Mm. Like in terms of. Ooh, and can go. And then the other uh, kid who was the big who was the the biggest reason why they scored a touchdown on Saturday. Yes. No, they they have a really good tight end. Um they've got a good kind of a Texas offensive line, probably not as good, but a functional offensive line, more like a Clemson during their run offensive line. No first round picks, um, but a very we work well together. Jared Verse, obviously, came back uh, defensively. And you're right about their defense. Their defense is damn good. Top five good. Playoff good. Um, I agree with everything you said. And it's probably going to be a really good early life lesson for all these kids. Because I don't know when you and I got this. I mean, I got it at 18, obviously, when I almost died. But I didn't really get it in terms of, there are going to be times where you do everything right, succeed, and it doesn't work out. And it blows. Um, welcome to life. And they also, I say all that with the committee made the right decision. Finally, like they've been saying forever that it's for the 10 years. It's about the four best teams. You haven't done that. You've done conference championship, undefeated, you know, sweethearts. Um, and the reality is, for any of us with eyeballs who have watched this for, I've been watching it for 40 years, so whatever, five, 10 years, Florida State's not the same team. And not even fucking close, Trey. Like, Jordan Travis was that good. It's more of a compliment to him. He took up so much of their equity offensively 
with running, throwing, everything. And yeah, Rodemaker may be back. Rodemaker, dude, with Rodemaker completely healthy, they're not a top seven team. So it sucks. It's the last year. So it's never going to come to this again. So don't worry. But also on the flip side, you know that when Deion Sanders was playing Texas baseball in 86, I became a huge FSU fan, right? Because mm-hmm. Texas at that point in the Southwest Conference, the Southwest Conference to get to all this, you know, the evolution of where we're at now with two big conferences. Um, FSU was fun. They were cool. They were hit. I was eight, eight, nine years old. So I'm seeing Dion in baseball and football. And I'm seeing later on Terrell Buckley or Charlie Ward. And they were fun. And Florida State, for about a 14, 15 year period, if you want to go with how the committee judged this, they had a wide right, a wide left, one loss. And they were clearly one of the top two teams in the country and should play for a national championship. And I argued that with the Knowles fans. And they were arguing that for 14 to 20 years every year. Yeah, we have a loss, but we played a tough schedule. And we're one of the best teams, eyeball-wise. And they were right. And they should have played for more and probably should have won more. You can't turn that around now in 2024 when you were arguing that from 1988 until 2002 that all right eyeball wise we're not one of the top four teams that is what do they what do they say full stop kids do now um that's 100 trey yeah, people overhype Jordan Travis as a runner. I get it that he's a better runner than the backup, but he's not He's not Vince Young. He's not Jaden Daniels as a runner. He, he I had, never said that, but he's much yeah. better than Rodemaker. Like, Rodemaker's a fucking stick, bro. I understand that. But they don't need Jordan Travis's legs to win games against good competition. They need his arm, though. In his brain, and he's grown so much. So, like, they are a completely different team. Trey, did you watch a Louisville game? Yeah, Rodemaker wasn't in there for that game. <laughs> okay, did Dude, you they watch? Had, they had a guy who was. Did compl- you watch the Florida game? Yes, I did. He was concussed for half of that game. I realized that he wasn't great in that game, but you get you give a guy a little bit of leeway. He got knocked out in the fourth quarter with six minutes ago, bro. He was not concussed half that game. He was he was there that whole game, and they looked like they were down. They looked like dog shit, man. I'm just being honest. He was he was also. He also led his team back from being 12 points down early on. And I realized statistically he wasn't great, but it was also his first collegiate start. And again, I agree. This comes down to this comes down to believing that Florida state is a one trick pony in terms of why they're good versus giving credit to some of the other really talented pieces around you and Travis on offense. And then the other side of the ball too, like people point to the, Cardale Jones and him being good in Ohio State's conference championship game, the year that he led them to that title. Like, that's 
a misrepresentation of what was going on with that team at that time. Ohio State's defense was really good. And Ezekiel Elliott was doing a lot more for that offense than Cardale Jones was in the conference championship game. He was. You're, I mean, all those are fair points. And I, and I think it's a fair argument. And once again, I think Florida State has every right to be pissed off right now. And this is one of those where you're pissed off. You have every right to be blow off the steam. Uh, you should be pissed. You should let it go. But it'd be like one of those, like, if I had someone super close to me who died, a parent, mom or dad, um, and you come over and I'm just barking for the first 24 hours, you know, whether it's about her death or his death or whoever in my life. And I'm like, I don't know if this is right. Maybe they were murdered. And you're like, I, you know, I'm going through shock at that point, right? And and you know that, and and you're just being a good friend and saying, all right, let it out, let it go. If I'm saying that in four weeks, you probably at that point need to come check on me, right? Um, so let it out early. But the reality is, and once again, getting back to it, I was a Florida State guy with y'all. There was, I can't. From 88 on, I don't know. I mean, how I'll go through it. It may have been 11 times where we're arguing with the top two at that point. They should be one of them. Really top one because bowl games change, but they should be in that mix. And, yeah, Mallory missed a wide right against Miami, who was number one in the country. They should be in there. Florida State's played that game on the other side. They've been on the other side more. It's a microwave dynasty. Florida State was a, a girls' school, a teaching school, women's school until 58. Like, it, it, they didn't turn into anything nationally relevant until the mid-80s. They're, so they're still very new money. And for them to, in their new money age, for two decades – Take the other side and now try and flip it. I, I think they should be able to see rationally, objectively what all of us see. That's my point. Yeah, fan bases. That's asking way too much of a fan I base. I, I I agree with you. I'm not I'm not arguing that, but that's yeah, that's that's asking too much of any fan base. Much less one that uh, feels like they were spurned because they did go undefeated. I get it. The starting quarterback, who is the better option, it's why he's the starter, is out. But I would also point to some inconsistency with the selection committee with where they ranked Washington and Michigan based on that because Michigan's Agreed. schedule was shit. Agreed. Washington, while they weren't great down the stretch they played ranked teams for their last five games the other one was against a rival and michigan suffered a huge injury in that ohio state game losing one of their best offensive line was zinter going down with that lower leg injury too yeah but i also wonder if they were intentionally trying to set up what would be looked at as better matchups with Michigan and Alabama and then Washington and Texas Sarkeesian, the history that he has with Washington, Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski, and maybe with the exception of Washington, but I think I include them on the back end of this. Like it's, 
you know, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas are all blue blood. So at that point, it becomes what would be the best matchup for Washington? Because we could go one way or the other on Michigan and Alabama, but we can't put Alabama at three and Texas four. I agree with that um, to some degree. And actually, I, I I'm, not, I'm not saying that was their, their line of thinking. No, no, I get it. I get it. possible because I, I don't quite understand the rationalization for putting Michigan over Washington. If everything else that we've been talking about with Alabama over Florida State is true, which they made the right call there, by the way. You hear me defending Florida State fans' frustrations I agree with the selection committee that we have the best matchups in place, maybe with the exception of Georgia replacing somebody, but that's moot because Alabama beat them. You're going to love this. So I tweeted this out before all everything came out, I think Saturday night. Um, And, you know, this is not too far conspiracy. The NCAA is investigating and has had a lot of issues with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan the last couple of years. Is that fair? Say that again. Uh, the NCAA with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, kind of a weird relationship right now, right? And well, has been in the last couple of years. So even, I mean, he was suspended before this whole sign-stealing thing came out. To be fair, Jim Harbaugh has a weird relationship with everybody. I think that... Uh, fair, except for Milk. Uh, even even with Milk. Like, I think uh, I think that the uh, World Autism Society needs to embrace Jim Harbaugh as the uh, one of the greatest successes in... And that, uh, that's (laughs) history, dude. Did you watch him run away from getting the Gatorade bath? No, what the I didn't watch, I didn't watch one second of that game, man. Yeah, nor should you. I just happened to see it on a Twitter highlight. It's like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? I mean, is he gonna start shedding tears if he gets wet? Like, he was literally like, he, I mean, he sprinted through a crowd of players to avoid the Gatorade bath. He's a weirdo. Maybe they do give him that, and like he'll be right there with Dustin Hoffman. Maybe. Yeah. In terms of uh, you know how everything plays out, so I I don't want to go too. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, um, but I also know the relationship the NCAA has had with him and what they currently have with him in Michigan. Um, Who's the best college football coach of all time? Nick Saban. What's the best modern day dynasty of all time? Alabama. Who looks like a team nobody, including Texas, you name it, would want to play right now where the quarterback has gotten a lot hotter and offensive line has gotten a lot better and a defense that looks like it always does? Texas. Alabama. Um, And Texas. But... This is their, I mean, they weren't going to, so they weren't going to give Michigan FSU without Jordan Travis. I love you downplay Jordan Travis. He's, he's not Vince Young. Nobody is, man. He's not Mike Vick. Nobody is. He's man. not, he's not. He's Jordan not, Travis was their fucking offense. He's dude. not the dual threat that everybody has been making him out to be over the last three days now. He was much more of he's, a he's concern been, and threat and danger. When he would run, he's gotten so good at identifying, anticipating, releasing, getting it out to Johnny or Keon or the tight end or giving it to like, so he didn't need to, dude. He, but he was their guy. Fair. 
He he was their starting quarterback. Yes, I agree with that. No, God. <laughs> I don't know how Justine deals with you. It's it's a rough life for her. Just ask uh, just ask my kids. Man, um, so it's much easier to give. No one wants face Bama. I would say no one wants face Bama, Texas, or Washington right now. I would think Michigan is actually the underdog of all this. They haven't played that many people. They played Ohio State, who's good, really good, certainly not great, um, and not to their level. Penn State, who's Penn State with James Franklin and Aller, who, you know, shits his fucking pants every time third down comes around. It's better to be third down. Oh! All right, we need to change your pants here. We're wearing all white. Um, but you know, McCarthy, McCarthy last year against Ohio State when they let it go and really did some good play action, some really smart stuff. And I do think all four coaching staffs in this playoffs are bright. Like that's all gonna be there. And McCarthy looked really good, fit some stuff in. McCarthy hasn't looked that good. And I'm not sure Michigan is that good. I don't know. I mean, because I also thought Georgia, but as I told you, I never thought Georgia was great. I thought there were number. You asked me last week who's the best team. I go Georgia, but I, was I shocked Alabama beat Georgia by three? No. Oregon State had been one of the best teams in the second half of the season, right? And they're not in it at all. Like they're lower than Georgia is, as they should be, because they lost the second game. No, Arizona could get into this tournament right now and fuck some shit up. Like, I mean, it, there's not much separation, um, but. I do think the NCAA a little bit in the committee, it was, dude, you're not getting a free pass. You're going to go beat Bama and then go beat Washington or Texas. Good luck. Because I, like I like that rationale. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not out of the blue. It's not, we didn't land on Mars because I've got shadows on a, on a photo I'm looking. I mean, they've been they've been battling Michigan and Jim Harbaugh for a little while now, and they're in the heat of it now, and they can't do anything. And this is the best way to get back at them and say, "All right, man, we're probably going to retract this if y'all win it." In about after we give you three months to, you know, peel. But if you're going to go do it, you're going to go do it. You're not going to go beat. Rodemaker, Brocky Poo, or whoever. Um, I know you think Rodemaker is the next Trevor Lawrence, um, but oh, that's Arch Manning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're gonna make you go do it. Go guard Jalen Milrow and go deal with that. You know. By the way, the other thing too. So the the big trump card Texas had in all this, which was so great, is that. They, in front of everyone, went to Tuscaloosa, beat them by 10. Should have been more, and anyone with an objective eye in New Hampshire is watching that. You know, I have no dog in the fight. Texas won by 10. Felt like 21. I watched it, right? That was the trump card. The irony of all this is that Texas and Bama, with the SEC move, kept that on. And it helped out both of them, actually. Certainly Texas. Oklahoma and Georgia 
had a game too scheduled. Was that for this year? Yeah. Wow. And they canceled it. Hmm. If Georgia takes that game and plays it and beats Oklahoma by 21, boy, the, the trump card turns into a bunch of shuffling cards. Because at that point, you've got all these teams. And that's where Georgia could have been like, but wait a minute. We beat Oklahoma by 21 on a neutral field. Yeah, but Alabama beat you. And Texas beat them. Yeah, but Oklahoma beat Texas. Where it could have turned into these four people throwing around stuff. Thank God Oklahoma and and Georgia canceled that game. See, I wonder, though, with the butterfly effect, if that affects Oklahoma's ability to beat Texas. Like, I think if Oklahoma does have that loss and and Georgia just put well, it Oh, you're thinking way too deep. What are you, a woman? Uh, like, stop there. I just gave um, you the... Just a fan of the Ashton Kutcher movie from the early 2000s. What was that called? The Butterfly Effect. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, well, then you you miss out on uh, Ashton Kutcher continuing to go back in time to try and change the future based on his actions from the past and it eventually turning into the uh, Kutcher fetus hanging itself with the uh, umbilical cord in the womb to uh, keep from ever being alive. That was the grand finale and the director's cut. You got to watch the director's cut to get that ending of the butterfly effect. Spoiler alert. I'm so glad I live in reality and just watch real stuff, you know? I would argue that reality television is more fake than fiction. Fuck you. You have no idea. (laughs) Oh, man. Look, this has been... I actually hooked up with Lori. How dare you? Yeah, well, that's true. That that was uh, that was the last real year of reality television, and it was uh, it was way too real and subdued, including you and Malik uh, escaping the cameras to just go have a little but, bit of normalcy. But it was also really fake. I mean, not that what we were doing, but you can you know you get six hours of video or six months of video on anyone, and you do twenty two episodes that are twenty two minutes long or I'm sorry, 44, because that was an hour-long show. Um, yeah, you can and slow down and with music. Like, even in 2000, without the artificial intelligence, you can fuck some shit up. Edit footage, yeah, exactly. All yeah. of that. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would see stuff, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can tell with my hair, because it's me, and I know that was two months before. Why are you showing that? Oh, they were patching it together like that. I didn't realize that. See, I stopped watching. There, no, but in, fa- in fairness, like for then, not like where I was yelling at someone. And they're like, but it was more I'm walking down Sixth Avenue, and I could tell with my hair, or because I mean, you saw me. I was really tan two months ago. Now I'm pale. So I, I, I'm usually tan from like April because I love to be out and I love the water. And yeah. but I'm also Irish, so when there's not sun out and it's cold, like I get, I could tell, and I was like, 
motherfuckers. Were they using like contextual shots of you walking to let people know kind of where you were or just to provide a transition from one point to another? Is that what it was? Yeah, but it was also with a couple other things where interviews and I'm like, no, I didn't say that about that then. Oh, that's that's fucking egregious, dude. Yeah, dude. It's completely taking your comments out of context. If it's it's like you're commenting about something that you're not. Wow, that's fucking Yeah, and it wasn't like it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like I said something they were like, he said this about women or Mexicans. It's like, no, 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 I didn't know I was talking about I was talking about the boss over there. What are you talking about? It wasn't that, but but I can tell it was out of context. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, even if you have to cut all this together, just don't put it together. And they wonder why you never competed in a real world road rules challenge. I know, I know. And and by the way, your group was one of the last normal groups. That's why the year after that. I forget if they went to Chicago or Vegas, wherever they went, they just pumped them full of alcohol and, and said, go at it. Like they actually tried to have y'all live somewhat a normal lives as normal lives as you could, you know, uh, working jobs at Arista and having was following you around at all times and having Molly Ringwald getting unnecessarily rude towards you in the subway. Oh, After that that, just like, Fuck this. All bets are off. We're giving you all a bunch of alcohol. We just want you to hook up with one another and don't even worry about anything else. I haven't thought about the Molly Ringwald thing in in a long time. Um, but yeah, I know you're right. Um, to where, uh, in fact, they even they even extended our stay where we went to what's the really bougie beach um, that is so over at the Hamptons. Mm. So they took us out to the Hamptons with the road rules people. I'm hoping you know we'd all fuck and and go berserk. But uh, they extended our stay because they needed more film. They needed more action. And then I talked to a guy who would work with us. Cool fucking dude. And he was working on the Vegas deal. And I'm back in Austin. And he calls me. He's like, dude, what's the reaction like? He's like, you must be getting laid like it's going out of style. I've done seven of these. And I was like, what's Vegas like? He's like, we could have wrapped, honestly, after four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're like so you know like crazy. There's like you know a threesome and sixty nining in the hot tub. It's like yeah, we could have wrapped after this. We could have made this three weeks seem like six months. We've got an episode a day for all twenty two episodes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Hamptons, by the way, I. We've all heard of the Hamptons. The Hamptons are where everybody in New York goes to get away. You, you're, I don't know if this is your all-time favorite beach, but the beach you're most familiar with, the South Padre, which is a uh, world-renowned beach. It is that good of a beach. What did you make of the Hamptons when you went out there? I've been all over California. I've been in San Sebastian, Spain. It's great. I've been on the top of Spain, lower part of Spain, Portugal, Italy. I, I've been to some good beaches. Not as many as a lot of people, but I body surf and surf. Like, that's one of the things I love. So I mean, I'm very good in water, familiar with water, feel comfortable in water. Um, been to a lot of East Coast beaches. Like there's great beaches all over the world, but certainly in North America. Uh, 
the Hamptons is as overrated as like British tea. Mm. One of the most overrated things I've ever experienced in my lifetime were the Hamptons. Like e- even the the like when TV shows or movies shoot there. I'm like, this is the fucking beach that you people are going crazy about. Like, there's barely any sand into the water, and the water looks rocky too. Water's rocky. It's cold. It would have been probably May at that point. And it was cold, and and it wasn't great conditions. But there was no break. There's no break. You can't body surf. You can't surf. Um, and by the way, you had a uh, uh, a wedding in a place like that. I don't need to always surf and body surf. If you are in a place where you can't surf and body surf, make it crystal clear yeah. and beautiful. And you can go snorkel and you can go underneath and, and, and there's sea life everywhere and you can see everything. And it's, it's Caribbean. Like that's fine. You know, West coast, Northwest coast and Northeast coast beaches or so, I mean, as much as I love water, it almost is frustrating. You're almost putting me, you're putting me in a spot where I've got women dancing in front of me and I can never have sex with them. Oh, that's called the strip club. You would have felt that frustration where we were in Oregon and Newport as we bring BK on because the sand was unbelievably expansive, more beautiful just in terms of the look than any beach I went to in Hawaii. And the waves were just continual, but the waves were too much though. So you wouldn't have wanted to get into that water on top of it being too cold. You wouldn't have wanted to get into that water because it was unrelenting. Right. And that first time you didn't catch that first wave, there's a chance you're just getting sucked out to sea. Yeah. That's yeah. why, that's why you go to Galveston boys. Cause that combines <laughs> everything. You get the breaks. You get the waves and you get the clear water. Most importantly, it is crystal yeah. clear. clear. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, that's like it's that's Bahamas clear. That is as clean as Charlie Sheen down there, boys. <laughs> oh, that water definitely has a sheen to it. <laughs> a clear sheen, of course. Uh, you can see yourself in the mirror of that water. It's that. Uh, it's that clean. To your Trey. point, BK, I think a couple of people have caught AIDS from just from uh, getting into the water in Galveston to your uh, Charlie Sheen comments. Well, it's a poor part of town, so you can get financial aid if you're down there. They have the food stamps program and government assistance programs there as well. So, um, yeah, of course, you can get AIDS there. Absolutely. Mm. Where did Kevin go? I don't know. <laughs> it's supposed to be me that's cutting out right now. What the hell's <laughs> happening here? He's, he's going to pick up your daughter from school, I guess. Well, shit. She's going to be waiting for a while because I know where he's coming from and I know what traffic is right now. Uh, if I've got a solo bullshit for a bit, I can if you need the boogie. I don't know what happened to him. His mic and his camera just disappeared. There he is. There we go. I turned the AC down. Give me a fucking break here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right guys i'll be back in just a sec all right, I what's oh, up bro man. how are you so i i've got um like i've got a myth to debunk here kevin Uh-oh. are you familiar with the power nap 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely taken some good power naps before. I mean, I don't like the power nap as much now. If I'm going to nap, I want like an hour and a half. Yeah. I, I don't want to. So I don't power nap anymore. I will close my eyes, rest my eyes, meditate for like 20 minutes, but I'm never asleep. Yeah, I just tried a power nap and it was about 25 to 30 minutes long, which I think qualifies as a power nap, right? Yeah, it's power nap. That's power nap. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I set an alarm because I knew Trey was hopping off for a few minutes to go pick up his daughter. So I set an alarm for like 3.45. You do look, you do look like, like you just fuck someone you shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, I wish I did that instead of feeling <laughs> how I feel right now. Like that does not work. There is no way the power nap actually no. benefits no. people because I, no. I am exhausted. I feel lost. I have yeah. no idea what's happening yeah. right now. Disoriented. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of why yeah. I took one. Like I, I'm usually not a power nap guy, but I'm like, I just, I woke up, I overslept a couple of alarms this morning and my last alarm woke me up. And you know how, like you just kind of get woken up suddenly, like oh, how, that, how that F's up your whole day. Yeah. So I've, just, I've just been on like that's why I'm single. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that and a few other reasons, I think. <laughs> but yeah, so I like, I've been like that all day, and I'm like, all right, let me try a power nap. Maybe that will offset some of the just weirdness I've been feeling today. And now it's, I basically doubled down on it, and I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, no, I'm not a big power nap guy. Uh, I, I tried them, and they, I mean, in theory, they work. But I'm either give me an hour, hour and a half nap, like yeah. I'm asleep, and or close your eyes, rest, and and just breathe, focus on breathing, kind of meditate for 20 minutes, right, and have your mm -hmm. alarm. But you never fall asleep. You're just kind of, and that can kind of bring you back. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should have tried that. Like I had the intention of actually closing my eyes and falling asleep. And I think I I think I did, which is the problem. Like I probably it probably took me 20 minutes to fall asleep and then I slept for about five yeah. minutes. Yeah. And no. boom. The alarm it's goes like, off. Yeah. So did you beat know. off? Uh no. I mean I I can right now, I guess. No, please okay. don't. Please, mm -hmm. please don't. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't planning on doing that. But that's usually before a nap. A good thing is it get that out of our system, and because naturally, you know, I mean, you know, you do that, and and you get that reaction, and you're ready to go to sleep. By the way, is there any other reaction in mankind, any species? I mean, does the squirrel react differently after something mm -hmm. than right before you're about to have an orgasm? And then right after, I mean, I've never been in a spot. Women I've loved, I've wanted to marry. I, I've been so enamored with. And right after, just the feeling, and certainly the other ones, which are like the 90%, which I'm not in love with or enamored with. Man, I've never had a flip of mindset and emotion and feeling like that i mean it's mm -hmm. i want to be with you and just be with you forever to get out of my house and let me watch tv and get a beer yeah i mean i don't know if squirrels i'm proud that. of it but that's mankind sure well it's pnc kd what's that post nut clarity <laughs> you've never heard of this 
No, I don't, hang out, I don't hang out with the fucking degenerates that you do. All right? <laughs> There's a whole ballpark in Pittsburgh named after that. Post Nut Clarity Park. <laughs> it's the most beautiful ballpark in baseball. That's why everybody says that because of that. Uh, yeah. Now, I don't know if other species have that, but you're right. Like, that is a real thing that we as men. It's a real thing. Women, women were, were assholes, but like, that is like, that's how we feel. You're yeah. Right. There's got to be some science behind it. I haven't done the research for like why or how or what causes that, but no, that's like, that's a thing, dude. I, I think if you don't have that, you're in the Agreed. minority. Like it's an anomaly it, if you don't feel that way after finishing. It, and by the way, women, it, it's crazy. It's not like a 10 minute deal. The second after you nut. Everything in your brain, everything you've been feeling completely changes. Get me to the couch, video games, a bongers, a beersies, a couple of buddies coming over. You're all in there. I got you on Amazon. I gave you a couple of gift cards. You go do your deal, but we're not snuggling. We're not cuddling. And I don't want to talk to you for the next three hours. Yep. That's a very normal thing. So. Yeah, always have been. Always have been. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you think squirrels do that? Like, you think they have those conversations with each other after, uh, or like, ra- I mean, rabbits are hooking up. Well, all squirrels do right? get a nut, so. Yeah, there you go. Nicely done. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it rabbits? Rabbits are the animals. Rabbits fuck a lot, it? yeah. So do they? Rabbits do- have to be like that, yeah, because they're constantly fucking. Yeah. And is it the same person, or are they just w- rolling around like just Mormons married to like four at I a don't time? Know. You know, it's funny with everything now. I see everything. I see like, you know, some three-year-old getting its head blown off on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, great. That that was a good thing to start the morning off with. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Um, glad to see humanity is doing well. But I've never seen rabbits fuck. Like I've seen deer fuck, I've seen dogs fuck, I've seen cats fuck. You know, I mean, I've never seen rabbits actually fuck, but apparently they fuck a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh I've got a couple of videos I'll send your way if you're looking for it. No, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, not looking for that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's the, that's their bit right there. It's a nice life. <laughs> that live. That's yeah. a pretty good bit, by the way, though. You know, yeah, yeah. And I've got some friends. We call like you know guys and their wives or guys and their girlfriends. We call them rabbits because that's just what they do and all the time. That's their thing. That's a, that's a good, healthy relationship right there. If you're on the rabbit. Do they have a bunch of kids or do they tell you that they fuck a lot? You just, yeah, that more the second one. Yeah, I know. No, good for them. No, no, honestly, good for them. Because most people, when you get in a relationship, that's the toughest thing when you get into the finances and we got kids and you got to drop this off and you got to do this and. You kind of get away from the fucking, which is why the Europeans are so slender, I think. <laughs> that checks Dude, out. Italians and French and Spanish, like, they have a bunch of sex. The women are a lot cooler there. Mm, it's a good workout, you know? Yeah. Burn some calories doing that. Right. It's good. I like that. I like that. So what's Where's new with you? Deal? You should never hold sex, and women have done this forever, and uh. understandably so. should never hold sex over the other person's head as leverage. No, we're fucking. Like, we're in a relationship. We can hold other stuff over each other's head. 
you didn't do the laundry you didn't do the dishes and but like not that yeah. right i mean it's not what i do but you're looking at a guy well, who's yeah a but we're guys so yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're like, yeah, exactly. We're guys and we're, we're not guys. gonna hold that over anyone's head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's a real thing, and that's gotta be annoying. I like if if I'm with the girl long enough to where stuff like that starts happening, that's my cue to get out and find somebody else. Yeah, which is why you've been called KD 2.0 because you're gonna be 45 and single, very happy about that, yeah. and still getting laid. So Life could be worse. No, it could be. I'm sorry to you that uh, you've got to be associated with me like that, you know? No, people are like, dude, he's this kid reminds me more of you than anyone I've ever met. I'm like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> and I meet you and we start hanging out. I'm like, yeah, he kind of is like my younger brother. Yeah, <laughs> shit, this sucks. I, I I know, and then I tell guy. BK that he's like, that's one of the worst things I've ever been told. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. Oh, man. How you living? I haven't talked to you in a few days. Good weekend. Everything all right? Yeah. I mean, great weekend. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, uh, oh, fuck, I'm watching um, Trevor Lawrence come off again. Oh, dude. Brutal. It looked worse. I mean, it, it, they're saying yeah. high ankle sprain, but thankfully yeah. it's not Rodgers-like, you know? Yeah, I don't think it is. No, I don't think it's Achilles and – um but in terms of the weekend, you know, you and I are the same way in a lot of ways. We just talked about it, but like I, I love this program and, and team so much. But also, and and by the way, BK was a huge part of what I was doing at Morgan Stanley, to be completely upfront. Is it cool if I say that? Sure. Okay. Um, and BK was gonna be a part of that, and I made some different changes and said, you know, this isn't the right thing for either of us. But we got to know a lot of these players and got to know who they are as people. And Texas could have gone eight and five this year, knowing Kelvin, all these guys. Um, and I would have been really proud as an alum. The fact they go, you know, what, 12 and one yeah. and won the Big 12 on the last year out and look the way they did going out and balled out and got to the playoff, like, I'm not in shock, but, like, I'm just still really giddy even on Tuesday after what happened on Saturday. Like, I'm really fucking proud. I'm happy. Um, um, just a lot of positive vibes going through my blood right now. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. Like, just watching that game on Saturday unfold the way that it did was beautiful, and then – just to see the guys get rewarded on Sunday, right? Because there was obviously a chance yeah. where Texas won and won handedly on Saturday, but didn't get rewarded with the trip to the college football playoff. And instead it's, hey, congrats, you're playing in this same stadium against Mizzou in the Cotton Bowl. And that just right. would have been such a letdown for everybody affiliated yeah. with Texas It, it would have been. There's no way to sugarcoat that. Yeah, and I just wouldn't have cared. Like I, I would have felt oh. like for, for Texas Sports Unfiltered, we should have been there and – I'm sure we would have done a pre and post game show because, you know, whatever. But God, it just that the whole vibe and mood around everything would have been so, so bad. And then for Texas to to hear their name called. Yeah, just so happy for for really everybody. Obviously, the players and coaches, it means more to them than it does to any of us. But I mean, you, me, any grad of Texas, any fan of Texas who's gone through these last you know 13 years of just 
pure and utter shit together. Like to to get to this point, man. Uh, and look to feel like hey, we're not just in and it's over. Like we're in and we've got oh, a shot. We've got a shot. Yeah, yeah. No. To feel that is great, but obviously, just to be in compared to where we have been is is pretty cool, man. So I've seen Notre Dame go into semifinals as a Notre Dame guy, and knowing there's no way in hell they win this whole thing. We have to win two games, and we ain't winning this first quarter against Bama. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, two thousand Texas gets into Omaha, and then Augie had a team later. I think I was still calling games. In. 2012, maybe. Um, that got in. I knew they were 0 and 2. 0 and 2 barbecue. Dude, we got to Omaha. And thank God. Um, but I've also been a part of other stuff as fans where it's like, dude, we got a shot. And Texas has a shot. Texas can absolutely win this whole thing. They could beat Washington and they could beat Michigan or Alabama. Right. And by the way, this is one of those cool playoffs. I can see all four teams winning. I'd put Michigan at the worst odds with Washington. Um, but all four of these teams could win it. And a lot of times you get to a final four, you're a big college basketball fan. And it's like, all right, there are two teams that can win it or three that can win this whole thing. Last year or there was one. one. Yeah. With yeah. UConn. Yeah. Uh, you just knew when the final four was set, Texas should have been a part of that one, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, yeah, now there are times where it's clear and obvious who the favorite is, but I feel like you could pit any of these teams together and the Vegas line would be like five points or less for any matchup mm-hmm. between these teams. So I'm with you, man. Like, look, Texas already proved that it can beat Alabama. And like, I don't put much stock into the Alamo Bowl last year, but that was a close game. Texas had like 80% of its team opt out and they like played a pretty close game against the same quarterback and coach and a lot yeah. of the same receivers the Longhorns will see on January 1st and yeah, like Michigan, I, I don't think anybody believes Michigan is unbeatable and I don't think they've scouted Texas this year. So I'm not worried about uh, them knowing our place. Like they've known plays for most of the teams they've gone up against this year. So <laughs> yeah, like that's, it's awesome, man. I got obviously not counting the chickens before they hatch. I'm not making too many plans for January 8th in Houston, but uh, to feel like this team has a legit shot to, to have the confetti falling on them at NRG is is damn cool. Yeah. Should be fun, man. You're definitely going, BK? Yeah. What about you? Maybe an off-air conversation, but what do you think yeah, about that? No, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know me, I'm a, I'm a homebody, but, um, but I'm, um, this is one of those, like, New Orleans, New Year's Eve. Got a couple restaurants that I want to go hit. Trey, did you ever get that Noki at, was it August? Yes. Let's yeah. fucking go. Right. Um, dude, the flights are out of control. I have enough money to to do any of this, but I'm also, you guys know me. Like, I, I'm frugal, and frugal in a good way. Like, I'm not going to spend 10 grand to go go there. Trying to figure that part of the equation out myself right now, because that... What's happened to flights to New Orleans is stupid. Yeah. Have y'all looked at like, I'm sure you have, but San Antonio, Dallas, Houston flights just cut, you know, cut the price a little bit. Obviously you got to sucks. I'm lazy enough to where I have enough money to where I'll just pay the extra instead of driving to San Antonio. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lazy enough and willing to uh, get into the kids' college fund to avoid <laughs> that too. No, get in the five two now. <laughs> Come on, man. That's a smart hey. move right there. It's, how often do these opportunities come around? That's what I tell them. Your kids will be in college for four straight years. Texas won't be in the playoff for four straight years. You know Cal's how this works. Not even use any of his college fund money. He's already telling us how much he hates school right now. So Calvin is. Yeah. Good for him. Go to a trade school. You know, I mean, help. Go, go find out. You know, I had a chance to invest in crypto in 2007. Yeah. Find the find the crypto investment. Yeah. With I, this money and you'll be good. No, just you I, I told him, look, if you don't want to go to college, that's fine. Figure out a uh, a good way to spend that time though, and the amount of money that it would normally cost. Like travel the world, get real life experiences, expose yourself to other cultures. He'll remember he'll remember all this by the time he's eighteen. BK, I'm grabbing a water. I'll be 20 seconds, but talk to Trey about your nap because I want to hear that. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know if you <laughs> remove. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, hey, your son's got a job at Texas Sports Unfiltered when he turns 18 if he wants it. Now he'll want to go to college after hearing that. Texas Sports Unfiltered or Audiovisual Consultations. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, Tom will definitely hook him up. Um, so I took a uh, what some call a power nap right before hopping on the show with y'all, and I it, it did not work. And I'm calling BS on the whole. Maybe you and I have talked about this at some point in our radio careers together, but I'm just calling BS on the whole power nap. Like there are people, I have friends who swear by this thing. Dude, I just... I'll go lay down, I'll close my eyes, I'll fall asleep for 20 minutes, and I wake up feeling like a new person. I'm so refreshed, and everything is good, and my day has changed with the power nap. So I'm like, all right. I texted you after our show. I'm like, dude, I feel off today. Like, something's wrong. I'm not myself. I was hoping to take a longer nap, but I had a call that got pushed back, and so I ended up getting like 25 minutes to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And when the alarm went off at like 3.45 to wake me up to, to join this, I just, I felt like shit. And now I feel even more disoriented than I did before trying the power nap. So there's a catch with the power nap. The power nap can be a valuable tool if you're generally well rested enough in a day. You're already trying to catch up on sleep. All the power nap's going to do is make you want to sleep more. So as soon as you're done here, and I appreciate you helping out for a few minutes so I can go get my kid from her Math Olympics practice you should you need to if you need to yank it again go yank it again and then go right back to sleep until tomorrow morning that's what <laughs> that's what kevin had yeah i told you about yanking it yeah like beating off is the best way for me to get to sleep i mean i i had anxiety depression i had you know at times where i couldn't sleep and beating off is the best way to do that yeah yeah, I usually don't have problems sleeping at all, like at night. But last night was just—I don't know what it was. It was weird. Yeah, and, uh, three. Did you have your usual vibrator next to the bed that I've seen before, BK? Yeah, I had both of them there. <laughs> so that's not an excuse. Where, where does the other one go in your so, mouth? Yeah, it depends on sometimes the ear. More of a left ear guy myself. <laughs> I've tried both ear holes before. 
Of course. Of course. Yeah. I've got three strategies that help me fall asleep on a given night. Mm. One is that. The other is reading a book until your eyes start to get heavy. And the third is kill. No. <laughs> Trying to have a serious conversation here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the third is watching Iowa Hawkeyes highlights. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, honestly, for me, because you actually like reading, Trey, and Books on Pod, great podcast. Y'all check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah, but, but it's me, a pod. I like listening to that. You know, it's yeah. not reading, BK. Yeah, for me, it's like I, that, that's a tough choice, reading or Iowa football. What's worse? Like, I, I think I'd rather watch Iowa football. Uh, reading would put me to bed quicker than watching Iowa football, I'm pretty sure. I think the I think the other thing I think it's the other way around. Watching I well maybe the defense doesn't put you to bed, but as soon yeah. as you watch that Iowa offense, it takes one three and out for you to be out like a light. Yeah, and watching Louisville play football makes me want to bomb an entire state of Kentucky after watching that shit on Saturday. Dude, I, don't know, I don't know how the hell Jack Plummer statistically is one of the top three quarterbacks in the ACC this year because that guy fucking no. Well, first off, he probably had to be adopted because I saw Jake with Keith Poole at Arizona State. The the 96 night game where they won 19-7. Look that up. Uh, make sure that's right. But whatever it was, they, they beat Nebraska two-time defending champion with Scott Frost. He's not his dad at all. And that 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 was tough to watch. But I also watched Louisville against Notre Dame. They're not that bad either. It's why I love when people come in for one week in any sport and just go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. been watching for 12 weeks. People look different. Texas looked different the last two weeks than they did against Houston. And that's what really gave them the beauty pageant. You know, we're forgetting that all this is still so subjective and, and people are so weighed by, by, by prisoner of the moment stuff. Texas prisoner of the moment the last two weeks, they impressed the shit out of that committee and everyone else. Where Sean McDonough and Greg McElroy at the end of the game are saying, if they're not in, it's a fucking joke. They're a top four team right here. Mm. Yep. You're right. I was prisoner of the moment with Louisville, but I still want to bomb the state because they said. No, no, I was too. I mean, I'm watching. <laughs> also, Jack Plummer does not look like Jake Plummer because they're not related. The more you know. Oh, is that it? I found yeah. that out last week too, dude. It was one okay, of Okay, yeah, because I had someone text me. They were like, dude, this is Jake Plummer's kid. And I didn't even look it up, and BK did. So, well done. I yeah, feel I better now. So, he's not adopted. So, he's, yeah. He's <laughs> he's like rich, rich Plummer. He's an unathletic family because Jake actually yeah. had some some wheels. He, you know, right. of of football where a uh, dual threat quarterbacks weren't valued. Yeah. So, so what'd your dad do? Was he the quarterback? No, he's an accountant. All right, that's all. That makes sense. Then. Mm. Jake, the snake and Jack, the hack are the, uh, the nicknames in that house. I believe <laughs> for the two of them on that right, shitty bad joke. Go, go, go get a real nap in right now and beat off. Which one first? Um, I'd probably go. Who is the porn star who was in love with you? Oh, oh you mean okay? Never mind. Uh, I, I thought you were talking about order of like, mm. yeah. Mm. 
Mia or Maya Khalifa, whatever. Who's Maya, the Maya Angelou, I believe, is who you're looking for. That's who it knows. Mia Ham. That's who. It was. <laughs> okay, Garcia Parra. Okay, I'd missed out. She got married to somebody else. I blew it. Nobel laureates hand job. Yeah, you blew it and go blow it. See you guys. <laughs> so, how was the math Olympics? Just uh, some sort of math competition that Vivi's school, uh, Rick no, Pelican. Not what, how was it? Like oh, how this? Was it? She said she had fun. She said they played a game today that she's not crazy about, but she still kicked some butt and took names in her, uh, in whatever the competition was at Rick Perry Elementary School here in Cedar Park. Craig gets a kick out of this. It's a great term, beat off. Great. Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is that, you know, is that been canceled yet or not? Like, I mean, guys masturbate, women masturbate. So we all masturbate. Like, it's one of the things that, like, was tough for me growing up because I wanted to be real with everything. And I would say stuff at nine years old and it was not kosher or did not fit the environment. Um, but we all masturbate and that's okay. Some of us started later than others. I could see how that term might get canceled just because. Yeah, of- when did you first masturbate? Like 19 or something like that? 19, yeah. I lost my virginity at 21. Started that at 19. Late bloomer is what I like to call myself. But I can see how that term would get canceled because it does imply violence, even if it is violence against oneself. But- violence, relief. 19 that's crazy man like uh like most kids start beating off most boys start beating off depends with puberty but like 11 12 13 you you know why i believe you when you say that other than the fact that you're my uh you're, you're my best friend and i but also why would i lie about that like i'm, I'm not selling a vacuum my dreams at like 13 or 14 right so- an insane number of those all the way up until 19. And then that, it didn't completely go away because I've had some stretches where I've challenged myself not to do that for an extended period of time. And inevitably, when you do that, you start having crazy, crazy sex dreams afterwards. Dude, I've quit pot, cigarettes, dip, uh, alcohol, coffee. The two things I've never really been able to truly self-discipline wise get off sugar and beating off and when you beat off with sugar uh yeah that doesn't get a little these are like the two two things right now if you told me kevin like i mean beating off's great i also have a bunch of friends now who have ex-wives who were bees and or ex-husbands on the female side and they're getting fucked over financially and have to have this partnership with their kids. And you know what? Like, I'm, I, you know, I may be lonely and miserable 68, but right now I'm pretty happy that, that I can beat off and still have relationships and sex because you want to beat off the whole time um, and not be stuck in a miserable life, which you're not because you have a great relationship and a great family. Half my friends are. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you tell me that. So I appreciate I appreciate you 
Recent- but I also mean like with your friends. I mean, are half your friends probably also in weird divorces or have been the last 10 years and kind of in that weird moment, you know, because that weird spot where your your kids divorcing, maybe divorcing, not happy with the relationship, all that. It's definitely a mix. I can think of a few relationships that I would consider good slash healthy. And then there's those that are either really unhealthy and it's two miserable people or the relationship is done for. So I believe the 50% divorce rate bit because my friends are living proof. And then I have friends that for one reason or another have chosen not to go down that road. And they, in a lot of instances, seem to be good with it. But like you and I have talked about this, I guess I should get a microphone more in front of my face so you can actually hear me. Can you hear me better? Which, now? which is why I always go here. Yeah. I need to get a better setup. Uh, like I need to get just a desk to where, because I, I can tell when I hear myself, I'm, I'm, I'm off here. I'm like, dude, you know, what's going yeah. on there? Yeah, it's. Uh, I still need to come over there to help you out with that. When we watch that, yes, Jeff, how does that sound right there? Does that sound like more like me on the horn? Sounds good. Now whisper, whisper, sweet nothings. I'm really glad some woman taking out my money. I didn't hear that last part, but that sounded great. I mean, there are people that pay for that sort of whispering into a microphone. And just random noises that people make into the microphone, like you, scratching, you, scratching you, the the uh, scratching the mic condom, elicits ten dollars uh, super chats on certain sites. The mic condom, man. I mean the the condom was great. I love Craig Way to death. Good guy, one of my buddies. But uh, like Craig has like his breath. With like the old Mike condom, you could tell which Mike condom was Craig's. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm oh to- no, that was a different condom. But yeah, the Mike condom too. I never followed Craig. I never sat in the seat that Craig was sitting. I used to follow Craig with with Chad and BJ. You were you were producing it and on oh, air yeah. and yeah. like running the whole fucking thing. Like Trey was for the Chad Chad. BJ and me show, which had the best ratings in Austin at the time. Trey was like the guy behind it running the whole fucking thing, dude. You were. No, that was a crazy time because I was at one point for a year producing both the morning and afternoon drive time shows. That is you, Chad and BJ. Then it was you and Chad when BJ went to go work at CBS or whatever it was. I think it was, was it CBS that he went to at the time? I don't even remember. Or if it's it CBS, else. I followed. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bucky and Aaron in the mornings, you want to talk about losing your mind and not being able to squeeze in a quick power nap and have it do any good. Yeah. That qualified from that era of life, but uh, Hey, you do what you have to. And when you've got the energy as a younger person, you try and challenge yourself in those ways before you realize how fucking stupid yeah. it is. Yeah, I realized how fucking stupid it is. And now I try and avoid morning shows altogether if I can help it. I'm glad that both of us like worked our ass off and worked a bunch of hours and put in time when we could. Now we're being smart and efficient, you know, realizing about passive income and all the other benefits were like, dude, I can live a really good life and not not 
destroy myself, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you have to learn those lessons. You have to understand what your limits are and learning the value of admitting you don't know when you don't know something or the value of saying no to something that's uh, a little bit over that line. Like I'm having to come to terms with that at 45 right now. I was just thinking about this yesterday about how I'm still committing myself to doing too much to the point where I'm having to shoehorn stuff into days where it's like, if one thing goes wrong, all of a sudden everything else, it's like a house of cards. It's all going to come crumbling down. And so I just need to learn to either provide more space between things or say no to certain things that aren't the latter prioritize a little bit better. The latter, bro. Um, I mean, one of the great things that like everything was sped up for me in a weird way, it was retarded. And I mean that by the actual definition, slowed down, which is a word, not retarded, like retarded. It was slowed down for me until 18 and then sped up way too quickly. And when I got to 22, everything just went way too quickly. And what I realized with the whole experience was you have to be able to say no to some stuff. And everyone may want to have a piece of your time or a piece of your energy. And, you know, and you're a good person, which you are, and you want to, you know, you're a people person too. As much as people don't think you are, you really are. Like you can talk, which is no, which is why you're such a good interviewer, dude. You can talk to almost anyone. So mm-hmm. being a people person isn't necessarily, yeah, 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 I'm fine. It's being able to communicate and really talk to a wide range of people, which is what you can do. Um, but you have to be able to say no. And you have two kids. You've got, I mean, shit. I look at it, you almost have like three jobs. Um get a very successful wife and a great relationship with her, but she's busy. You've got family stuff. You have a lot going on, man. Like you're never going to be busier in your life than you are right now for it. You're going to be 71 and retired and be like, holy shit, I miss all this. Like you are, you're juggling a bunch of shit right now. And a lot of it is, I see it. A lot of it is during the day where when they're not around. I'm granted some of it is, you know, I just had to pick one of my kids up from math practice, but like they're on screens, they're getting their hour of screen time right now. So it's not as big of a deal. It really, I mean, some of it does bleed over. You only get one hour of screen time? Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes more than that, but that's good for you. Do you know me? I'm not going to argue that. Typically, that's what we aim for. I mean, look, they're they're eventually going to have their own screens, and it's all going to go to pot. But right now, we're trying to teach them uh, some some semblance of moderation. We'll we'll see what effect that has long term, and if they maintain the ability to be present, or once they get those cell phones, and it's over with. But um, th- you know, there's there's another side to that as well because you're right. You can work so much to the point that you miss stuff. But there's also a value in working in front of them so that they can see, not just see you working hard, but see you enjoying what you're doing. Because like, there's little aspects of this job that I actually enjoy doing, whether it's editing audio or video or creating little promo or trailer clips. 
you know, as stupid as it is for social media, like there's something really satisfying about doing a good job with those things. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the interviewing thing is fun. Doing shows with you and BK is legitimately, I don't know, one of the, either the top or one of the, the top two things that I've ever gotten to do in my career, in my wow. life as a broadcaster is, is to just, just shoot the shit with you guys. Truly unencumbered, by the way. We don't have yeah. commercial breaks. We don't have an FCC no. to uh, to answer to. Think we, about what we've said this whole hour or in 30 minutes. Yeah. With you and me, BK included, like, we could never could have said that on the air. And we try to hint at it. And it's like, hey, we're guys. But, you know. And by the way, a bunch of women love this podcast, which I love. That's That's great. Because they're real. Guys are guys, and they want to hear guys being guys. It's it's great to hear because you're thumped over the head with the idea that all that matters in sports radio is males 25 to 54. That's not to say that group doesn't matter, but to completely neglect any other age group or or the uh, the other sex is foolish. It's um, you'd understand there are potential fans all over this place, especially because. At the foundation of it all, we're talking Longhorn sports. Yeah, and you also mentioned, like, was on 6th Street, like, women. Craig had mentioned it. Craig, big Craig. Women are as disgusting as men. They're just much more bright about it and, and, and covert. Um, but, you know, I've heard Rocky and Megan. I listen to their show all the time. And they've said some stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, and I've also, I also and personally friends with them and hang out with them outside of it. I'm like, y'all are as dirty as men. You're just more clever about putting it out there. Yeah. Clever until you all get into the bathroom together. And then apparently that turns into a, <laughs> little, you know, yeah. Not, not Rocky and Megan. I'm just saying, generally speaking, no, no, not Rocky and Megan, but this was an that was my big Craig story earlier. That's what Big Craig said. That's what Earl told us back at Penfield when you and I and uh, others were at the zone. That the women's bathroom was always the nastiest. Was Earl, or Earl even at that point before the whole thing going to the women's restroom? Well, he was having to clean the bathroom. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, Earl, I see what you did. Earl, I, yeah. yeah, Earl was Earl was this ginger, super sweet gay guy um, at Penfield. But I mean, one of those, you know, David Cross always said, you know, not. All gay men talk this way, but only gay men talk this way. Um, and Earl was that. But Earl, Earl, you and I were super tight with Earl. I didn't realize Earl was going to the women's restroom. I didn't know if it was, you know, whatever. It was It was because he had to clean them, unfortunately, for Earl. Oh, God. Because he was having to clean up after these, these gnarly women at Clear Channel who were apparently going in there and just blowing all the stalls up like it was going out of style. Like it was 1999. <laughs> I know, I, I have a friend who... Yeah, I haven't thought of Earl forever, and it's so funny. I'm thinking about, like, stories he told me now, and I was fucking, like, what, 23, 24? And he would have been 30, 30-something 30 at that point. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, what's it like being a gay guy? It's like, I've given more blowjobs to married men than you'd ever know. And I'm like, all right, I know. <laughs> Good Earl did not hold back. 
when you would talk to no, Earl, Earl, Earl would give, he's like, and we do this and that. And I'm like, all right, all right, uh, Earl, I love you. Like, let's go get a beer right now. But I don't need to know about the three married guys who get a fucking foursome with. So where are you with the Michigan-Alabama matchup right now? Like, who do you think wins that game? And we obviously have s- several more weeks to talk about it, but as it stands on December 5th. Alabama. Um, I don't think there's much separation with anyone, man. There, there's just really not. So do I think Alabama's turned into the Alabama of old? No, they, they are beyond beatable. Um, so is Texas, so is Washington, and so is Michigan. Michigan may be... If I had to rank the favorites to win this right now, you know, I'm not a gambling man. Fourth. Yeah. I agree with that. I like Roman on the outside. They lose, uh, was it Gentry, the All-American guard? Um, Coram's been really good. Um, I like Donovan. My biggest question is, and I never know, because they're kind of one of those, one of those people who, It'd be like a fighter who really never shows anything until he has to get in that big match. J.J. McCarthy has regressed this year. He hadn't looked that good, man. And last year, I would have said the same thing, and they had two or three games, especially in Columbus, and they took some good shots with tight ends, play action, good design, a lot like Sark in the Big 12 championship game. There you go. How much is that is yours, and how much is that is great? design and play calling and he hit it so i don't know where mccarthy is i don't know how good he is like you know ohio state game like they scored 30 points in that game they weren't great offensively no you look at the overall numbers 150 rushing yards 182 yards passing quorum averages four yards a carry and i get ohio state their defense was good against the run. They very easily could have lost that game if uh, since if they hadn't forced, what, two interceptions, I think, from McCord, who, by the way, unsurprisingly is in the transfer portal right now. Ohio State fans never. Unsurprisingly, saw. that surprised me. Like, he's a five-star, and I, you and I have been all, all on him all year, both of us. Like, he's average. They're average. But, like. Isn't that surprising that he's in the transfer portal, man? No, and I'll tell you why. Because Ohio State fans have been shitting on him all year, and eventually that shit wears on you. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen a ton of Ohio State fans defending the guy, and he's actually no, you're right. You're right. better. He was better in the second half of the season. I'm not saying he was good, but he did show – he showed signs of progress. It wasn't quite uh, the level of Carson Beck at Georgia, but – he wasn't like he looked pretty pedestrian the first like four to five games of the year. Like that Notre Dame game, he, he was not good in that game. Like he had been no. better since then, but it's there. There's still Notre something. Dame should have won that game. I told you at the time, and yeah. I, I and what did I tell you at the time after that? Neither are a top five team. You did say that, and like and they, they just weren't. Um, Texas. The funny thing about Texas, Texas is. That chick who can look super hot, nah, can be super cool, and then be a bitch. Um, like they are, like they're hot and cold to some degree. And the cold's not cold; it's more lukewarm. 
So you beat Houston, you beat Kansas State, beat TCU, you look like shit in the second half, and you still won. Um, but Texas, when when they fucking doll themselves up and get the petties and the manis and the uh, arm hair relieved, like they they look pretty fucking good. They've looked good for at least a half in every game this year. And in some cases, you've had sluggish first halves, and in other cases, you've had weird second halves that have led to inferior competition nearly coming back on them. But ultimately, they held on and won those games, and I think that speaks to a quality about this team that we've talked about all year long that has me really confident that they can win these next two games, and that is they have a resilience about them. They have a grit. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they respond to the most stressful adversity in really positive ways, whether you're talking about responding to Alabama, taking the lead for the first time in that game, then almost immediately scoring a touchdown and the defense forcing a turnover or tightening up when they need to tighten up to beat a Kansas state, a Houston, um, Iowa state, where they just blew the doors off in the second half. Obviously, Texas Tech was a pretty complete effort from beginning to end. And then the Oklahoma State game. So we have two straight games now where they have played complete games after a season of them really being good in one half of the other. There were exceptions in there. They were pretty good beginning to end against Baylor. I'm trying to think if there was another game. I mean, Alabama. Not, was not Wyoming. Alabama, I would say. I mean, the, the, the considering who it was and the way they finished off, they won by 10 and should have won by 21. So, but Wyoming, like that was I mean, a close game at halftime, right? I mean, there yeah. were games that nationally and I watched this stuff nationally and, you know, I wanted to pick Washington. You and I both picked Washington with the points and by far for like, Oh, this would be a two or three point game. Um, it was three points to Washington, but I should have picked them. One thing I am worried about, <clears throat> first off, I told you a couple weeks ago or last week, I think Kalen DeBoer is the best young coach in college football. He's not that young, but I mean new coach. What so if you age? said, pardon me? What's his age? I don't know. He was at, what the what was the D2? Um, he won like five championships there. But you never know all that will translate to the next level. But a lot of times, whether it's fucking Jim Trussell or Chip Kelly or a lot of times that translates. If you're that dominant at that level. Hell, you could even say Chris Peterson in Washington. It wasn't D2, but you're at Boise State. You're dominating. Can you really get to the big boy level? Yeah, I can. I built this for fucking 10 years and won five national championships. Yeah, I go to the next level and take that. But he's very bright offensively. So is Zosi. They run a lot of stack uh, bunch. So by stack, I mean you run trips and you've got a guy in the front and two guys behind it. But the 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 level of intricacy and and brilliance, brilliance is probably too far, but um how good they are with the releases and the three guys and they create space. They create space in different ways. Usually one guy's going to push vertically. One guy's going to subtly work an inside. 
One guy may work the outside inside. One guy, like the, it, it's high level, man, and it hits our kryptonite. What they do so well is what we don't do well. So Texas could very easily lose this game, but dude, I'm just so glad we're in. I'm so glad we're at where we're at, and not only what. I did before getting to know these guys, but now like shit, like we can really put together a run and it's in the SEC a new SEC, but um, let's get in the 12 team playoff every year and give it a flip. I do love that the idiotic Alliance from a few years ago, which was a power play attempt made really by George Klievkov, who is, I guess, still in charge of the Pac-12, whatever the hell that conference is now. The Big Ten and the ACC led to the expanded playoff not starting this year and it being delayed by a season and it screwing an ACC team in the process. Nice job, guys. Stupid power grab in that moment. It led to the Pac-12 completely imploding after the Big Ten stabbed you in the, I'm not even saying stabbed you in the back, they stabbed you in the front. Yeah. Took your four most valuable schools. The Big 12 rated you of any other school with value, and you're left with Oregon State, Washington State, and a schedule full of Mountain West teams. Whereas the ACC is hanging on for dear life right now, and don't be surprised to see Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami. I mean, anybody that has a semblance of self-worth in the ACC figuring out what they can do to convince either the Big Ten or the SEC to let them join. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Uh, and I know I mean, that... Pac-12 well, is mean. the wrong way. It rubs me the wrong way in a, a lot of ways, too. But that's just that's where it's all headed now. So I would rather it get better organized than it remaining a complete shit show where we've got American Athletic Conference teams that are making this 12-team playoff, and it's like they're getting fucking blown out every year because they, do, they don't belong. They're playing with less resources, yeah. and they are playing with less talent, and that will be evident far more years than not when they take on – fill in a blank of that other team that is a representative of the SEC or Big Ten? I think most people like us, independent thinking people that aren't weighed to a side, but it's politically or with sports or whatever. It's like, just give me, give me a good idea. And I may say yes, I may say no. Um, we would be a lot more open to change if everything in our life, systematically, socially, politically, any legislation, once it happens, you can never go back. Be able to go back. Be able to say, you know, we're going to try this. We're going to try a 12-team deal. And two years ago, you know what? It should be an 18-team deal. It should be a 16-team deal with a possibility of eight, an exception of eight. Um if we get to that point in the year, it's like, there are eight teams like this year. Most most years are having them, which is also funny, the, the correlation or the timing of this is the one, the last year and the one year it's like, see, I told you we should have had 12. Look at the last 25 fucking years and tell me when we should have had 12, bro, or even eight. 
if you really know college football, and I know that comes off as, oh, you really know. Yeah, I do. And so does, so does Trey. And so do a lot of you. So for any of the jackasses in your office who don't know shit, ask them about what you do with the triple option. Who does the does Darian Hagen read to pitch or not? Like, ask them shit like that to see if they know. If they don't, be like, you don't know college football, shut the fuck up. Stay out. I don't go into accounting firms and be like, look, let me tell you how we should really run this. And that's kind of the, the bothersome thing that, that we're in that one year where it actually makes sense, but it, it usually won't. I mean, Trey, think about most of the years we've been following. If we have 12 teams in, there's like seven teams competing for a national championship that have no business doing that. And it also affects the whole regular season because KD ain't going to give a shit about October games anymore. Whatever. It's like the NFL. Hey, dude, Dallas lost to San Francisco. Who fucking cares? They'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that the regular season does still matter. It's just when you do lose one of those games, all is not lost at that point. By the way, the NFL is a great example this year of a league that probably doesn't need 14 teams going to the playoffs. Agreed. There's maybe, I don't know, four or six teams. Why did the NFL do that? Why did Major League Baseball do that? Why is the NBA doing in interseason right now? Why did the NCAA basketball tournament go to 68? Why did the baseball tournament, when it was 48 for a long time, go to 64? I realize that it's all about money, but I also think that college football, it was time for college football to evolve their postseason because... I agree, but not 12, Trey. I told you six and then go to eight. And maybe we get to 12. And maybe we want to go to 16. Let's do this incrementally. Let's treat this baby and this beautiful fucking thing in our life with the care and, and slow nurturing that it deserves. I would have not go straight money. I would have gone to eight first. Fair, fair, fair. And then settled on 16. Well, I don't like that because you said I'd go to eight first and no. So I'm going to uh, cut 25% of the company and I'm going to go to 50, but only if it makes sense. Well, you already, you already said 50, so you're you're obviously going there. So just cut fucking 50% of the company. And go. All right. Hear me out on 32. Hear me out on 32. Cut the fuck. No, stop. <laughs> and fuck yourself on 16 too, asshole. Like 12, like. Think about some of the teams that would be competing for a national championship. Dude, Kev, they do that in basketball and baseball. I know, which is also why for 25 years on the radio, I told you one of the most unique, unique and special things about college football is that it's different than the other ones we love. I mean, one of the most unique things about Trey is his weird but also his thumbs. Give me the thumbs. Give me the th- Nobody has thumbs like that. He's unique that way. And we still love Trey. We love Trey. What are you doing? Like a Coke bump there? Like a key bump? Or- Actually, your, your key bump would be a thumb bump, right? 
I mean, yeah, I could serve it up on a platter here. But it was unique. It was different, Trey. And and that's what always separated college football for me from the other five sports I loved. Like, that's okay. It's okay to be unique. It's okay to be Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all right? Not everyone's Donald. Yeah. Oh, was Donner his dad? I forgot that whole story. Donner, ooh, I don't know. I'm not that familiar with the Rudolph story. Do you ever watch the cartoon? The the, the Rudolph? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the CBS deal they play every year? I've seen that before, sure. Yeah. It's cute. You said what's cute? It's cute. Yeah, no, that's uh, that is a Bob Dunn definition by far. <laughs> So they are doing a version of what you're calling for, of going to six and then maybe considering eight. They're doing 12, and then they're eventually going to settle on 16. Because what's going to happen? You're going to watch this over the next two years. as they're Everything in my life gets turned into horrors, including my women. <laughs> so this is what, what's going to happen, is they're figuring out that next TV deal after 25, is we're going to watch those first four teams um, – miss out on ticket revenue from not getting that additional home game that counts as a playoff game. Trey's exactly right. We're going to want to wax some fucking AAC team or some third to fourth rate team from the. Hey, Liberty got in. Tick on the five seed. What's that? Liberty got in. Tick in the five seed. By the way, if we're going to do all this, here's the other thing I hate. Like, if we're going to be real and you're going to be, hey, meritocracy, let's fucking go. Let's see where it's at. Don't let Liberty in. We're going to in. The reality is OU would be a much tougher test for them. All right? That's a reality. I okay? want to OU and fuck Liberty. Go tell your fucking grandma that you won this year and give them a trophy. It's very simple. I do not like soccer, but soccer gets one thing right. They have levels, very distinct levels, and you can play your way up or down levels. If you suck, you get bumped down to the lower division. If you're really good in that second division, you get bumped up with the big boys. But get ready because you're going to have to compete with the big boys. And I think that you completely eliminate the possibility of a Liberty making the, uh, the top level of college football's playoff. That next level, hey, congratulations. You're going to have a chance to win a national championship now, unlike any chance that you might have thought that you had. uh, Gosh, I don't know, Cincinnati, although Cincinnati's in the Big 12. Now it still wouldn't matter because it would be the Big 10 in the SEC. Cincinnati, UCF. I mean, name a a school from the G5 that has gone undefeated or gotten close and is pissed off because they didn't make the college football playoff. You'll have a chance to win a championship now because even if you made it into the playoff, you were going to get waxed like what happened with Cincinnati a few years ago. Agreed. But here's the other, here's the next thing that we're going to face from this next year on. Um, and we're going to be in it as Texas people that you've got two major power conferences. Now that's a reality. You can talk about the SEC, the big 12. Um, <laughs> they're cute now. <laughs> and I mean, Bob Dunn cute. They're cute. Um, My favorite version of cute. Right. But there are going to be years where we look at the Big Ten, Washington, 
Oregon, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, go through the whole fucking list. Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, LSU, A&M. We go. There should be 11 out of the 12 teams should be from those two conferences. And they're going to have their still built-in, you know, fucking poverty-stricken um, government entitlements on this. And be like, well, I have to get them in because it wouldn't be fair. Then, you know, no, fuck you. You, you built your lot in life, and here you are. So I know that you had a down Big 12 schedule and somehow went 11-1, but fuck you. You shouldn't be in, eyeball-wise. That's the way that it is right now. I am not going to be surprised if in two years that completely changes because the SEC and Big Ten, which obviously have the most say-so here, have already started to hedge on the teams that have automatic bids in. Like they're already arguing that it needs to be the top ranked teams that are getting the first round by or that, that are getting the better seeds than merely conference champions. If you've got a conference champion that has two or three losses from the fucking Big 12 or whatever else, like, no, they don't deserve to be one of the top four teams, even if they're the fourth best ranked team. And so ultimately that will move to sorry, guys we're the big boys and y'all are kind of the also rans now. So you're going to get to form your own division and we can talk about relegation, no, but, but that'll suck dude. If the big 12 and, and, and ACC and if they have to like form their own division, like watching like at this point, four division champions, that's not what this is about, right? There had to be a better way to make all this work, dude. Yeah, and we talked about it on the post game. I mean, I'm not a socialist, although we, I also agree with a lot of socialist policies, whether it's social security or other stuff. We always try to use that term and word and don't really realize what some of the things that we have legislated that we agree with. Yeah, the U.S. healthcare system is a disaster. Or independent, right? U.S. healthcare system is a disaster. It could it could use a little I bit told- of up. You and your wife, especially your wife, know a lot more about that than I do. I totally agree. As a consumer, I agree. Um, but there had to be a better way to keep all five of these conferences together. Without, and I get it. I mean, it was a market-driven thing. And yeah, free markets and advertising money and TV money and the SEC and Texas especially. People are pissed off in Texas. You're pissed off at us? We fucking we fucking paid your rent motherfuckers for 28 years and you shit on us when we came over to pay your rent and you shit on us. You rich motherfucker motherfucker and then we leave and say fuck it. We're not paying your rent anymore and you're pissed at us like I don't know. I mean I I get, I almost get, I hate to be that guy, but I get every side in every scenario here. There are a lot of pissed off people. It's like a family argument and you get every side, but you know. You know why, you know why that was never going to happen? And we probably could have called, I mean, we, I'm sure we did call a version of this back in the day is because too many of these leagues were being led by fucking gatekeeping dinosaurs. 
who had right. no interest in, in thinking forward about anything. We're just trying to maintain status quo and keep enriching themselves and the other members of that good old boy network while not realizing where the sport yeah. was. And by the way, the NCAA was led by a fucking gatekeeping dinosaur too. Yeah. No, Bob in that category. Pick a fucking Pac-12 commissioner. Dan Beebe, Dan Beebe. I mean, these are fat hat bureaucrats. And yeah. I'll give this to you. I went back and rewatched the post game, and God, you and I were good together. We really are. Um, objectively, it's no wonder um, we're best friends. With a yeah, I know, but you and I are going back and forth on your remark. And most people would have watched and been like, "Are these guys gonna like never talk again?" And you and I were just laughing about it. You made some really good points. And considering where the Big 12 was after Bowlesby and it was a BB before, that probably was her. He may have saved this with the Big 12. He may, I doubt it, but he may have. Because he is that guy. A lot of what I was mocking and, and also having fun with. I'm not anti-Italian. I'm not anti-New York guy. <laughs> like, I... A lot of my friends sound like New York. Um, and they also tell me I don't trust that fucking guy. Um, but, like, it, it, he may have been able to save it, but I also don't blame him or, like, I don't blame, this is, feels like a divorce, man. Like, my parents divorced. I don't blame either of them. Yeah. It, it needed to happen in a just think about it this way. The Big 12 very easily could have come become the Pac-12. But the Pac-12 got really sanctimonious. Very fair. You're Pac-12 right. You're the, right. They were the ones that eventually got purged. Yeah. And the Big 12, they didn't do the primary purging. They did the secondary purging, though. And they were better than the ACC. I would say of the three, the Pac-12, Big 12, ACC, um, which one survived the best? Big 12 by far. Yeah, ACC, I'm not sure where the ACC is going to be. Yeah, the, the most valuable teams in the ACC don't want to be in that conference anymore. No, Florida State wants out. Right. And that's only going to – that demand is only going to get louder now that they were left out of the college football playoff. It is because they're going to be like, our shitty-ass conference kept us from being able to get in because we played a bunch of scrubs. Clemson's down this year. Miami's a head case. North Carolina's North Carolina. Mac's going to be good for the first eight games, and they're going to start to fall apart. That, uh, unfortunately, they didn't have uh, really good in-conference competition to lean on with that selection committee on top of the Jordan Travis injury, too. Yeah. All right, brother. I, uh, You know that I'm not normally uh, about cutting it off right at five, but uh, we got to be oh, done right yeah. now. So I- I got some stuff to take care of. Let you and I uh, talk on the phone off the air in just a second. Sounds good, guys. All right. Thank you to KD and everybody else at Texas Sports Unfiltered for doing such a phenomenal job from 8 to 5 today. Thanks to you for listening and watching. If you are on YouTube right now and have not subscribed already, please do so. And do make sure to grab that free Texas Sports Unfiltered app through Apple or Android. For Kevin Dunn and everybody else at Texas Sports Unfiltered, I am Trey Elling. We will talk to you tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. with Bucky and BK. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the evening and hook them.